Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. There are five glowing and increasing signs that we may be ultimately entering a recession at some point here. I mean, it's kind of been kicked down the proverbial road, if you will, here, as we're not currently considered to be in a recession, though the economic signs are starting to get a little bit louder here. And we're going to go over those today and kind of dive into each one individually. And they include, of course, the biggest one is that household debt burdens are absolutely spiking right now. And a lot of people are really feeling this. Second, we've got rental rates that every single time we talk about them, they're hitting a new all-time high, this episode included. The credit borrowing rules just got tighter, which means people are going to pull back on their mortgages or new mortgages anyway. And we're definitely seeing credit card borrowing absolutely spiking here too. And lastly, the housing sector, we're seeing construction pull back to a very noticeable degree. So let's dive into each of these and talk about how obviously not one factor can contribute to a recession, but these five combined They've got a lot of power behind them and could ultimately really sway which way the economy goes moving forward here. Number one, household debt burdens are spiking. Well, what does spiking mean? We've seen debt service ratios jump about 15% year over year uh, when we look at Q1 data combined. The data we have goes back about 33 years to 1990 where 2008 and 2019 also hit that 15% threshold. So we're basically at an all-time high here, tying those two years. And essentially, these households are diverting the highest share of their disposable income to interest costs, dating back to, of course, those two dates, including 2008, which, as we can all remember, was the global financial crisis. When we look at kind of a global scale here, like where does Canada sit amongst other countries? Well, we're about the third worse off and we're only third behind Australia and Korea when it comes to the same debt servicing ratio. So at the same time, we've got principal repayment basically continuing to plunge because as you can imagine, uh, as the variable rate or as the interest rates rose, more of the interest or sorry, more of the payments on people's mortgages have shifted from principal into the interest portion of it. Interestingly enough, right now, the principal repayment kind of valuation, it's, it's continued to plunge and it's now fallen faster than during the COVID mortgage deferral payment period that we saw in early 2020 which kind of means that there's less principal being paid down today than there was back when people didn't have to pay their, their, their mortgages. Now, of course, not everybody chose to defer, but you get the idea there. So it's now estimated that household debt service ratios are pretty much guaranteed to hit a new all-time high later this year because, of course, people are now renewing um, at much higher rates than they were at five years ago. Think about that. If you had a mortgage and you had a five-year term and you're about to renew or maybe you just did, well, today the overnight rate is 4.75. When you initially started that mortgage five years ago, the overnight rate was one and a quarter. 
So a dramatically different payment is going to be recognized as you renew. And then here, we also know that obviously the more that people are spending on their mortgages, the less they're going to spend on other goods, services, etc. And this is obviously going to pull back the economy, pull back on, on some GDP here, and ultimately could be one of the contributing factors that leads towards a recession. Well, let's also take a look at mortgages because mortgages are, uh, first of all, mortgage originations are down, but furthermore, the deep discounted fixed rates on mortgages, they continue to rise, right? So we're up another 15 basis points on the week. Uh, that means monthly mortgage payments uh, needed to purchase the typical home have risen by $255 or 8.3% since March to hit all-time highs or new all-time highs. The typical mortgage payment on a Canadian home is now $3,400. That is a new all-time high. To give you guys some perspective, back in January of 2021, that was sitting around $1,600. So we have seen more than double the average payment. Uh, people are spending more on their mortgages. They're spending more on their home. Uh, this contributes to far and far less discretionary spending, meaning less and less money is in circulation in the economy, contributing towards a potential recession. In my mind, it's not potential. It's going to happen. It's just a function of when and to what degree. And of course, the housing options are both kind of bleak in that sense, because of course, if you are almost being priced out of your own home or out of a mortgage, well, of course, you're going to ultimately look at the rental market. And that is troublesome because the the rental rates just seem to be breaking a record every single month here. Whereas as of today, here we go, new rental record. Uh, one bedrooms in Vancouver have just eclipsed the $2,700 per month on average. It's an absolutely astronomical number compared to where we were just a year ago. It's, it's, they're up about 20% year over year on rental rates. And we have a, a colleague who, who runs a property management company and he shared a story recently. And yes, it is a bit of an outlier and, but it gives you a real sort of image as to what's happening in the rental market right now here in Vancouver. So he listed a 500 square foot, one bedroom property in Burnaby in a newer concrete high rise. He listed it for $2,395 per month and received 189 inquiries into this property. That resulted in 21 applications being submitted, of which only four met the financial requirement that his rental company uh, like basically qualifies people on. And he's quite prudent in that sense. Uh, you actually have to be making three times the rental rate after taxes, meaning for that $2,400 one bedroom, you'd have to net $7,200 per month to qualify for this. So you're a six figure income to be able to qualify for the, a one bedroom in Burnaby here. Okay. Regardless, imagine that your competition is, well, let's call it 21 people per, for a one bedroom in Burnaby. That is tough. Um, you have to out qualify and you have to potentially outbid because uh, some of these people absolutely offered a higher monthly rental rate than what was advertised. 
So again, similar to what's happening in the mortgage space, if you are renting and you are spending more money on rent every single month here, or if you're getting into it, you want to move up into a bigger place, or you're new to the rental market and a big chunk of your income is now going towards, towards rent, well, where is it not going? It's not getting pushed into good services, et cetera, which ultimately slows down the economy, which ultimately could also contribute towards a potential recession here. And like I kind of talked about before, uh, you know, the flow of capital, more precisely, the flow of credit, uh, it, it's vital to the growth of any economy. We, we can't grow without spending money. And when we look at, you know, specifically mortgage growth, which is the flow of credit, mortgage debt outstanding, it's uh, posted the smallest quarterly increase in the last 20 years, right? This is largely due to Q1 originations that were down by 40% year over year. April reading came in at 0.2% growth, which is effectively flat, uh, which is month over, a month-over-month month reading. And that's the, the weakest reading in nearly five years. Mortgage growth has been steadily declining now for one year. And so what does Aussie do? <laughs> they actually made it harder to borrow money. Uh, as of June 20th, uh, OSFI raises the capital requirements for big banks to 3.5% amid higher debt levels. The Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions said Tuesday that domestic stability buffer will increase by a half percentage point to 3.5% effective November 1st. What will that do? It will continue to push the economy in the direction it's currently going, in my opinion, which is going to when you have potential buyers in the marketplace who are trying to squeeze in, they're looking at exercising their current rates. If they can't get those done, you are going to see buyers turn into more renters and higher and higher rental amounts are a contributing and uh, in my opinion, a warning sign for a looming recession. It shows there's tremendous imbalance in the marketplace. So with all, with rents up, with mortgages up, with groceries up, with everything up being more expensive, thanks to the last 15 months of uh, 12 months of inflation or 15 months of inflation here, people are leaning on their credit cards more than they have in some time here. And interestingly, so while OSFI is, you know, basically leaning hard against mortgages and, and the lending there, making it harder, uh, going in and, and using your credit card is somewhat unpoliced, if you will. And we are seeing this increase and spike quite dramatically. So last month alone, we saw basically overall credit debt jump up another one and a half percent in just one month. And it too is at a fresh new record high of $96 billion nationally here. To give you guys reference, in January of 2021, the national credit card debt number was $75 billion. So it's up $21 billion in the last two and a half years here. But of course, when you look at the chart, or if I can explain what the chart does, you know, it was kind of, uh, it hit a, a low at the depths of the pandemic with all the free helicopter money that was coming in, and it has is spiking ever since. And it kind of gives me the, the vision here that it's almost like a, it's almost people having a, a last gasp attempt. It's basically saying somewhat solvent in their other areas of, of expenses here um, before, you know, they have to, before something breaks here, before there are some defaults that can potentially take place because you can only stretch yourself and all of your credit options so long before things start 
to break. And this too is another potential sign of a recession here because uh, people are maybe trying to keep the standard of living they've had over the last couple of years. And with everything more expensive, they're tapping into more and more forms of credit just to kind of stay afloat here. So this is something we're definitely keeping a, a close eye on because once those credit card defaults start to happen, um, mortgage defaults can follow next. And I think the recovery of that could be quite difficult too. I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, in Canada and, and in many ways in BC, there's so much tax here, right? you're looking at income tax, you know, depending on, on what you earn between 35 and 53%. And then you're looking at property taxes, empty homes tax, speculation tax, GST, PST. There's so much tax. And then you talk about going out to, you know, going out for dinner in Yaletown, you go with a buddy and you have a couple drinks and a pizza and you're at $78. And then you look at your rent and your, your rent is averaging 2,700 for, you know, your one bed. Where, how long can people maintain this is, is the question. How long can we keep going before things break? And it, it's starting to look like, and things are starting to appear like there's cracks underneath the, uh, well, underneath the economy here, and, and I, I, I don't, I don't know. I think the the Bank of Canada will be again too late to respond to this, and and we'll end up in a recession as a result. And further to that, further complicating that that issue, if you start looking at housing starts too, housing starts have dropped twenty two and a half percent month over month in May down to two hundred and two thousand. This is the steepest pullback since two thousand and eight. That means builders, developers, they have moved out of uh, trying to figure out where, where the Bank of Canada is going or maybe where the economy is going, and they're moving into survival mode at this point. We're going to start to see more layoffs and things like that, in my opinion. This comes on the heels of a record decline in building permits, uh, and that obviously leads to housing starts uh, by several months, right? So building permits issued, um, they have plunged by 18% month over month in April. This is an unprecedented monthly decline that surpassed the 17% drop in April 2020 at the onset of the COVID lockdowns. That's, that's incredible. So the lack of work in the construction industry is the tip of the spear, right? So if that slows down, it's another leading indicator to a future recession. So all this wonderful news that we're sharing, all these huge signals here, it obviously leads towards sentiment. And we know sentiment, whether it's real or imagined, is a huge indicator and dictator of how people spend their money or don't. And so... Sentiment is tracked. And for the first time in nine months, after it kind of was ripping upwards like the housing market, sentiment uh, pulled back. It started to go back down. It only dropped one point. Um, the way they, the way they track this, it dropped from 47 to 46%, I guess here, but it did drop. And again, it's a big shift after going up for nine months to go down for one obviously shows a change of how people are feeling out there uh, in the economy and whatnot. And it's essentially their, their confidence level. Do I feel confident in my financial position to be able to spend money? And as of last month, that answer is, is waning. It's changing here. And what's interesting here, too, is the increase off the recent lows corresponds with the widespread expectations of that Bank of Canada pause, right? When they pause, things 
people got positive. And then when there was a surprise hike, people got less positive and it kind of helped change that sentiment to a, a pullback here. So we can definitely expect, I think, the softening of consumer sentiment and housing sentiment to probably trend downwards for the next few months here, especially if we see a July hike. But even if we don't, all the things that we've just discussed here earlier are starting to affect people and they are feeling it and their sentiment is changing. And that is going to change their behaviors and their habits in the upcoming months here. So I think the question then becomes, if and when this recession happens, how bad will it be? Because again, we, we touched on this last well, on last week's episode here. Not all recessions are the same. You know, you can have a full financial crisis, or you can have uh, basically a slowdown in a sense. So there's there's no one brush that a recession can be painted with. So Ryan, what, what's your take as of uh, today with the data that we have this week? Well, you know, it, it, it's my position. I uh, I'm looking at the data that we've got, and the data is it's telling me that we're headed towards a recession. What else is telling me this is, you know, we, we meet with uh, CEOs of uh, various companies, entrepreneurs in the tech sector, um, in the construction sector, uh, in very different, varying different sectors in the economy, specifically in BC. And over the last little while, uh, you know, as we've met with them, we're hearing about them scaling back their business, um, thinning out employees. Like I talked about kind of getting through this, what, what, what they think is coming is going to be probably a little, a little worse than what we are prepared for. And the reason I say that is, you know, for the last 20 or 30 years, largely the economy has had cheap, really cheap money. And we haven't really had an opportunity. That's not an opportunity. We haven't really gone through um, something as severe as we're going through now when it comes to inflation and when it comes to higher interest rates. And I think a lot of people may not know how to navigate that. And I feel if, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, I would highly recommend that you put some money away for a rainy day here. Uh, things might get a little harder before they get better. And Basically, everything we're seeing is is trending in that direction. Again, the Bank of Canada has dials they can pull, levers they can pull, right? So if things get bad enough, they can start dropping rates again. But I'm not sure, I'm not convinced that that's going to happen uh, quickly. Uh, the Bank of Canada is historically slow to respond to these things. And when I'm hearing them at, you know at the drinks table, when I'm hearing them in conversations with clients, uh, that's, that's the tip of the spear. That's where I'm hearing it first, right? Like, you know, in the old adages in, in the 1920s, when, you know, the guy buffing your shoes was telling you what stocks to trade, you knew something was wrong, right? And that's kind of the impression I'm getting right now. Yeah, very good anecdotal evidence here of, of what's coming. Because like you said, that is the tip of the spear. And, and these are the people that are controlling where the flow of money is going, essentially, mm -hmm. at, at mm -hmm. that level, of course. Now, based on some of the information today, it feels like if we do enter this recession, it could be a little bit of a typical one, if you will, as opposed to a very deep one. And that would simply mean that it would be characterized by a few months, or sorry, a few or several quarters of negative growth. And of course, unemployment would rise, but unemployment might only rise two-ish percent. And this would be off of what's essentially right now record lows. So we're at 5.2% today. 
let's say unemployment increases by 2%. Let's call it 7%. Well, that's back to the averages of unemployment that we saw from like 2010 to 2016, which were not exactly, you know, horrible times for the Canadian economy here. Hmm. So yes, a recession will hurt some um, and it will depend how long and how deep it goes. Based on the information today, it feels like we might expect a, a six to nine month type of recession. And again, not too deep, but uh, obviously will affect many. And we'll continue to update this and track it because as we know, things can change here very quickly. Uh, we've got that July announcement coming up next month from the Bank of Canada here regarding their interest rates, if they're moving or increasing. Or maybe it's a surprise to the downside at this point. It's anybody's guess because uh, it's been very hard to to see correct calls on, on what they do here. But um, Ryan, anything to wrap this one up from you? Uh, just thinking generally about interest rates and, and, and you know, the value of, of, of money. I mean, it's funny because I, I think about money as, as tokenized energy, right? It's you, you work so long, you work, you put all this time either for an employer or for yourself and all that time gets put into money. Right. And then the Bank of Canada decides how cheap or how expensive that time has become. And so I'm <clears throat> and they do that through through interest rates. Interest rates is effectively the cost of time. And right now, the cost of time is getting more and more expensive. Right. So the faster that you can do things to prepare, uh, the more likely you are to sustain that expensive time. Uh, and that's going to be part of getting through this is going to be putting money aside. It's going to be being very prudent, making decisions, you know, and maybe instead of going out for, you know, beers at the Yaletown pub, you're grabbing a 12 pack and you're going down to <laughs> Kitts Beach or something like that instead, right? You're going to have to change your behaviors because what got us here isn't going to get us through what we're, what we're about to go through. So people are going to have to change their behaviors and uh, there's going to be, there's still going to be opportunity. There's still going to be a marketplace. Things aren't going to die off, but things are going to have to change so that we can tighten and batten down the hatches and get through this. Because on the other side of this, I think there's going to be a tremendous opportunity too, but you got to get through that to get there. Great words. Much appreciated. And uh, please take them to heart. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in, watching, listening, and have a great week. Be financially prudent here. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next Saturday. Bye. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.